0: We're live! <laughs> Wait, we're live? Yeah. Yeah, he gets,
1: <laughs> <laughs> he, legal He decided to start the record and was like...
0: <laughs> Avoid legal snacks." I'm telling people they're being recorded.
1: I'm being recorded? Yes. I knew it.
0: For posterity.
1: Uh, I hope not. Yikes. Um, so we're back with the Dr. Z show. And as you can see, I am not at home. I am in my car. Because my wife, this is my wife,
2: Bye.
1: and I are returning from Pennsylvania, where we were visiting some friends.
0: And I, I'm i in a, a new, a brand new location for myself that is not directly next to the boxes that are behind me.
1: That is not your, your hobo home. Yeah. It's just right there, though.
0: Yeah, but I, I didn't move too far, you know. <laughs> uh, on,
1: move about, moved about
0: four feet. So many good that members-
1: also apparently wants to be on the show
0: yeah okay um, yeah, so the thing is I because this is the first time I'm the one doing the recording and when you click on it it doesn't immediately start recording it like I've told loading up magic. it starts well no 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 I'm telling because you haven't explained it to the audience I'm explaining it was weird for me um, okay because I've only ever seen when when Anthony's told me that it's recording. So, but it loads up and then finally something appears in the top left and it's it's kind of small and you, it's anyways. When you press the record button it doesn't it really takes a
2: second to, to start.
0: Yeah. So well,
2: you've mentioned that we're driving but that's if, if our audio is terrible that's why.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just just blame them send hateful comments. And you <laughs> Like, your audio was terrible for this episode.
1: Enjoy this one. I'll
0: try but that. anyways, so we have so we have some bits planned for for later uh, from a Facebook post this that is a are bits episode. Yeah, this is a, a bits episode because we don't have the we don't have the correct setup to do one of our more in-depth coverage episodes of a specific topic with all our notes together oh, because Whenever of the the driving. Player, stop. So instead we're doing uh, games, like party games, that someone posted on Facebook of different games that they play with their friends of, you know, just forcing people to go on angry rants or come up with conspiracy theories and stuff like that.
1: Which if you've ever been to a party I've hosted, I'll do anyway. So, angry rant, I mean.
0: But for me, I hosted my first and session as an actual DM. Uh, how did that go? It was really fun. Uh, we, it took about an hour to do character creation. And then after that, we were able to play for 45 minutes to an hour uh, before we had to head out. Um, and so it was, a, it was a co-worker of mine and his girlfriend, um, And they had another friend who was going to come, but he, something came up at the last minute, and so he wasn't able to be there for the first session. Um, So my coworker's girlfriend—it was her first time um, playing—and he hadn't played since middle school, so he was a little bit rusty on setting, you know, setting up a character. Um, But they were both. Yeah, in fifth edition. Okay. Um, But they were both pretty familiar with D and D stuff, you know, from the internet and. Crit- watching critical role kind of stuff, um, so okay. Um, but <laughs> yeah, but it was <laughs> it was it was pretty fun. They fought some twig blights. Um, so there's and, only so
1: there's only two people.
0: There's going to be three, um, but I don't know.
1: Okay, I don't. It seems like a small party, but
0: uh, okay. It is uh, three, like three to five is typical. In the, in the Dungeon Master's Guide, you know, when you're adjusting for uh, encounters, the three right. to five has no adjustment for the difficulty. Um, but if you have two people, the difficulty goes up one tier. And if you have... Um, yeah, if you have two people, the difficulty goes up one tier. And if you have more than six people, the difficulty goes down one tier for, because you have more player characters to deal with the monsters. Right. So... Yeah. Um... Yeah, I, I the there uh, it's a tabaxi rogue and a half elf wizard, but the okay. half the half elf wizard came, came from his his backstory is that he was in the real world and then he woke up in like in Faerun, um, and he, his his story was that he woke up with a uh, an entire bottle of Jack Daniels. Like duct tape to his forehead, <laughs> and a and like a McDonald's bag, um, and so the the story was that he was at a party, um, and we're not entirely sure how he got transported to Faerun, but he was at a party, and they were trying to play headbands, and they just duct taped a, a bottle of Jack Daniels to him to try and get him to guess what it was. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and I, ha- I had them encounter, like, a, a, a fortune teller who told them that the, the local lord who was throwing a banquet that night was going to be killed, uh, and in the middle of her doing her prophecy, they tried to steal something from her, but um, the tabaxi rogue rolled a nat one and elbowed her in the face while she was trying to steal <laughs> <laughs> so there, there will be more why, why because level
1: 1 rogues attempt the most like wild and stupid things like being a rogue doesn't make you batman <laughs> not for another like 15 I...
0: levels excuse you although um <laughs> the my coworker his character uh he he thinks that everything is a dream and so he doesn't think his actions really have consequences that much So he um, he, and he took the charlatan background with his kind of his character trait is that he tries to sell people junk for real money and convince them that it's worth something. So he 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 rolled a deception check to convince the shop owner (laughs) that his uh, McDonald's bag was actually this great artifact from some noble house. (laughs) And so he got a free potion of healing out of it, because the um, the shopkeeper rolled lower than him. But yeah, he's like, it's a it's a powerful helmet, too. <laughs> it's like you can wear it on your head. But so to gonna... this?
1: <clears throat> so this wasn't like a one shot. It was it's a whole like campaign you're gonna do.
0: Yeah. So my original plan was to have them do um, a bunch of one shots until I kind of got my, found my feet, but it, it seemed easy enough, I guess. Um, I I did a lot of preparation um, in terms of learning the, the rules and watching guides on how to DM and, and things. Right. So I don't have, I don't have all of the specifics of the campaign laid out, but as far as the mechanics of being a DM, I've, Feel like uh, we're easier to pick up. Okay. okay. So, but I'm, I, my plan right now is to make three big plot hooks for them so that that way I don't have to railroad them. So that way, if there's kind of any direction they end up going, they'll, you know, wind up in one of those. But obviously, they're going to be the fourth option, and then I'll, you know, have to make stuff up and just improvise constantly.
1: Yeah. My homebrew is structured kind of similarly um, like the first the first chapter has been like very like railroading because like they're learning about the world and like getting you know like getting their bearings but after the after the chapter ends, it's going to open up, and they're going to be able to go kind of yeah. in in multiple directions either all at once or they'll be able to pick one and focus on that
0: cool. My, I'm planning on having them uh, fight a bunch of meme kind of characters. Uh, one of which is going to be an, an assassin who's going to be their, um, their like arch nemesis for the first bit. And I'll, it'll, I don't know how they're going to deal with him exactly, but he, he's an assassin that every time after he kills someone, he does the, that, that pose and he's like had to do it to him.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Um and then they're also gonna fight the Tunnel Snakes gang from Fallout 4.
1: <laughs>
0: Except for it's gonna be a bunch of druids like no, that no tunnel, into snakes giant in, uh, tunnel Snakes was in Fallout 3. Oh, it's Fallout 3? Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. Tunnel snakes rule. <laughs> Where are the tunnel snakes. <laughs> so um, I'm not sure what other memes I'm gonna include, but it was it was partially inspired because I was in another campaign, uh, and I think I might have mentioned this on the show already, where we fought uh, actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. So.
1: And then I didn't know. I couldn't remember what it was. Yeah. And then Claire forced and, me to sit down and watch it, and I was like, "Oh wait, now I, I know ex- what this
0: is." So. Yeah. So I'm I'm trying to think of more things they can encounter because I'm I'm planning on having them have a a more serious campaign eventually but i do want a lot of the supporting cast of villains and stuff to be you know just silly characters
2: okay so i have
1: i have an uh, i
2: have, yeah, I have an quick tangent Are nothing is as good as the staged coral version of actual cannibal shyle
0: yes which true. is apparently
2: a thing that exists
0: Okay, Wait, so actually two you didn't see the stage for two, two ideas. That's the best one.
1: So be ready to take notes. I have two ideas. First idea. Two. make a really weak character like like give him one hit point or something. Okay. Um but his dexterity or hers whatever. Um the dexterity is ridiculously high and they're like they have all of the like evasion feats and it's like every Every possible way they can avoid, you know, taking damage, and then make them the troll face character.
0: Oh, I was so, planning on having them. So they encounter him but,
1: and they get into a fight and then they just run away.
0: Um, I was planning on having them fight someone as a who actually wore like troll faces. It was like this, <laughs> like like super like gross hunter person who would like you know. <laughs> Put them on. Um, uh, what else? Um, yeah, my
1: second. I, I, my, that my, boy. my second idea. Well, my second idea is is along similar lines as actual Cannibal Shia LaBeouf. So you know Washington by Brad Neely. Yeah, yeah. Have them fight that that version of George that Washington. version of
0: George Washington. <laughs> <laughs> He's
1: coming. He's coming. coming. He's Coming.
0: coming. Come. Eight opponents' brains and invented yeah, cocaine.
1: Someone,
0: uh, An opponent's wife's hand and a jar of acid at a party. Oh, uh, I could I could they do that in the next session because they're going the they're into a party. Yeah.
1: Have them go to a party and there's this horrible person there named Washington.
0: Oh my gosh, yes. Oh, um fun so the other fun thing that came out of um the campaign yesterday was I was trying to I was looking at random name generators because I hadn't come with all of the names of NPCs prepared, and there was one random name generator that <laughs> uh, you could select different categories of names, uh, you know, like cities or people, and you could select male, female, you know, right. other, whatever. Um, and one of the categories that allowed you to pick was, you know, mage and, or, or wizard, uh, and I I clicked generate. <laughs> And one of the names on the list was Ganondorf Snape, <laughs> um, and I have to I have to read you the character biography for Ganondorf Snape that it generated with this character.
1: Oh, it generates a whole biography.
0: Yeah, it generates a whole biography. It's amazing. Um, let's see, camera. Okay, so. Okay, so Ganondorf Snape is a 40-year-old wizard who enjoys listening to the radio, repressing minorities, and helping old ladies across the road. What? (laughs) It It keeps going. He is kind and reliable, but can also be very cowardly and a bit grumpy. He is British, defines himself as gay, has a degree in philosophy, politics, and economics. Physically, Ganondorf is in good shape. He is short, with fair skin, red hair, and green eyes. He has one or two distinguishing features, including uh, like a, a bumpy nose and a long beard. He grew up in a working-class neighborhood. He was raised by his mother; his father having left when he was young. He is <laughs> um, he's currently married to his husband, uh, Kalen Connor, who's the same age as. Works as a plumber. They have two children. <laughs> Ganondorf's best friend is a government politician called Rodney Lyons. They are inseparable. He also hangs around with Ricky Allison and Jack Cook, Jake Cook. They enjoy collecting potions together. Ganondorf Snape is a 40 year old wizard who enjoys listening to the radio, across <laughs> minorities, and helping old ladies across the street.
1: I really, 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 really hope... That J.K. Rowling never sees this episode of the Dr. Z, Z show.
0: Oh, because it would <laughs> she would rewrite Snape.
1: <laughs> she would She would reveal
0: all these things yeah. about Snape. His first name was actually Ganondorf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, there was another one. It was a list of um, bandit names, and this one was pretty good. Um, some of them were haggly Shades. Westcott Mad-Eyes, Frederick Three Toes, Daryl Fast Fingers, um, Crazy Trevon, Bullet Tooth Raph, Mad Ossie, Fruitcake Gabriel, and <laughs> Poison Putnam. Fruitcake Gabriel was our favorite one. Like, possible names. Like
1: It reminds me of the comic. This town is
0: plagued by Fruitcake Gabriel. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it reminds me... It reminds me of the, uh, oh, I'm trying to think, it's like Owl something comics, Hmm. Um, where it's the D&D version of it, and he's like, we got Murder and Mike, Steal and Steve, and like the other one, the other, it's like, who's the other, what's the other one's name? But the other one is, the other one is like really huge and like really terrifying, and so the new guy is like, what did he do? And the guy introducing them all is like, "Oh, he's a cleric who doesn't heal others." <laughs> I don't know. You have to you have to look it up. I'm, I'm uh, not explaining it, but that, that's, that's what good. that reminds me of.
0: Um, I could have them fight a bullywug, uh, called Dat Boy. Yes, it's he's actually bully uh, bullywug is actually um scale, as well for a first level encounter so. According to the DM's guide.
1: He has to have, like... He has to have an MC, though. That, like, announces him.
0: Oh, that's true.
1: So he he can say, here come that boy.
0: He just enters and says, what up?
1: (laughs) You know, I'm honestly... I gotta say, I'm surprised you've never done... never dm'd a campaign before because like your role in playing every game like being the agent of chaos and just like the the ruiner of plans like fits fits you completely for a dm role in like the wackiest campaign imaginable
0: I mean it is it is gonna be pretty wacky uh, because they're their third person who wasn't able to be there uh he's gonna be a homebrew skeleton race. Um a
1: homebrew they, skeleton race.
0: Yeah. So they're gonna have the all, <laughs> I'm, it's gonna be fun having people re- react to just seeing a skeleton walking around town. <laughs> um did he
1: come out with that idea or did you?
0: Um so my coworker told me that because we had a, a Discord chat set up and right. he he had posted some memes of skeleton stuff, um, and uh, my coworker said that he really likes skeletons. And so I said, "Oh well, you could play as a skeleton if you want." And so I looked up, um, you know, and the it's actually pretty balanced um, the way that the the skeletons are set up uh, for their different okay. sub races and stuff. Um, the, there's one of them that has an ability that's similar to one of the gnome sub uh, and so it's it's balanced. It allows you okay. to yeah. It's a because one of the gnome sub races. It's either one of the gnome or the halfling sub races. Um, Let roll nat ones. That's a halfling trait. It's a halfling yeah. luck or something. It's like
2: yeah.
1: natural. It's called like natural luck. It's a halfling.
0: Yeah. yeah. So that's w- one of the skeleton sub races has that. Um, but they're 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 pretty balanced for other racial traits that I've seen. Um, in and other characters in 5th edition or other playable races in 5th edition. So I, I feel okay with it.
1: Is he, is he available? Like, does he have the ability to fall apart and like yeah. pull himself back together? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So every time he does that, one of his, one of his party member or party like partners or whatever will have to say, pull yourself together.
0: And hit him over the head with a newspaper.
1: Pull yourself together!
0: Edna. Old.
1: Okay. Alright, so... is gonna go on that to you play. be the agent of chaos and ruin everyone's life. Um, so we... Claire and I learned to play a new game this weekend called Above and Below. And... It's like, it's like if Settlers of Catan and Betrayal House on the Hill had a baby. Had D&D. Not really D&D. Mostly Betrayal.
2: Liberal. Yeah, I guess so.
1: Just because it has dice doesn't mean, doesn't mean you can liken well, it to D&D, dear. There's the adventuring component, but I anything. Alright. So anyway, so, so in Above and Below... There's like a bunch of different stuff you can do, and you have to like collect resources and build a village and on and on and it's it's like not really worth it to get into all of that kind of like complex rules explaining but the the like big quirk thing about it is one of the things that your characters can do it, on your turn is adventure and so you you draw like a below card so they go into the like caves and it has a set of six, six numbers on it that correspond to dice rolls. So you roll a die, just a d six, and it tells you like, okay, go and look on page, you know, one or read one hundred and thirty eight. Okay. And so you'll go through the book, sort of like in betrayal when the haunt
0: activates.
1: Yeah. You go through the book and you'll look up one thirty eight and you'll be like, okay, like there's a. One of Claire's that happened to her was um, there was a a fish person running away from these guards, oh, and he over. was like, he was like, "Oh, help me! Like they they've keep me they've, they've kept me locked me for up, no reason. right? I've I've been imprisoned for no reason in this city, and so Claire was like, okay, and, the, and oh, then okay, you could you decide, have choices. you could decide whether or not, like." you were going to help them or not. Like, there are always, always multiple choices. Choose your own adventure. Kinda, yeah. So Claire, like, decided that she was going to believe this person running away from guards was actually not a criminal, and they actually kept him locked up there for no reason. So she was like, okay, I'm going to help him. And, you know, she, she succeeded on the roles that, you know, she needed to make to help him. And, and what happened to you? Um... It turned out he really was a criminal, and
2: so I lost in, uh, is it inspiration. What reputation. It? So she lost reputation, oh.
1: which she kept towards the end of the... She never gained reputation back. So, it gave me so at name. the end of the game, she got negative one point. Like, when we were doing the scoring, she, she like, negative one.
2: For the reputation?
1: Yeah, just for the reputation. She
2: ended up winning the game overall, because she had the most points, but... Well, and and usually... With most things, you have, like, two choices. Sometimes there's three, but it'll... There are different levels of difficulty, so you have to beat a dice roll to succeed, or that okay. roll. Um, so, like, I think for that one, it was help him for, like, three, or turn him over to the guards for either four or seven. So I had to get at least a three... It was The roll isn't a three, it's lanterns, but whatever, you roll to get them. So I had to get three to help the guy and then I had to get four or seven to turn him over to the guards and it's like if you do the harder one then you get usually a bigger reward like more stuff out of it
1: Mm
2: -hmm. but I just heard like help him or turn him over to the guards and it was really early game so I didn't understand that like Mm -hmm. the harder things were usually better for you and so I was like duh I'm gonna help him like Sounds like a Good Samaritan thing. And then they were like, ha, ah, he's a criminal, you fucked up. Man. <laughs> for reference,
1: if you see someone running away from the police saying, Help me, they kept me up, they kept me locked up for no reason. Remember this cautionary tale.
0: <laughs> was it was it a fish person?
1: Yeah, it was a fish person.
0: Okay. So if you see a fish person running away from the cops. Kill them
1: and eat them like sushi. No, you can trust them. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that's the other thing that happened. You lost one reputation, and you get uh, you got a fish. Yeah, out I of it. Fish.
0: Hmm. Fish <laughs> Abby, Abby pointed out, if it's a human criminal with a gun, though, you can trust them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe not.
0: <laughs> um. Nice. Well that's
1: sounds... it was, it sounds was like a fun game. game. They, they they're gonna watch the show later, so I don't wanna like say this, but I'm gonna do it anyway, uh, just to generate irritation towards me. They like were kind of bad at explaining all of the rules and like we we taught them Dominion right beforehand and teaching them Dominion took like ten minutes and then by the end of the first game they like knew like how to play Dominion, like yeah i mean Dominion's also like a 15 to 20 minute game and while we explained it to them because we were like oh we can explain it to you or you can like read the rule book and they were like no 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 like just explain it to us and so they were like explaining uh, this game to us and i was like can i read the rules like can i just read them because like i'll i'll like comprehend better what's going on and like eventually we got it but it took, like, half of the game. Yeah, understand. it took, like, it took like halfway through the game before we, like, fully understood, like, what was happening and, like, yeah, what, what was going on.
2: they played the first two turns, and, like, so, that, you know, we could see how a turn went. And on the first turn, our friend was like, oh, well, I guess I can say her name because she's been on the podcast, so It was Julia. Um, she was like, oh, oh like... I'm going to get this guy because like his stats are really good or whatever. And like that part of it didn't make any sense to us yet because we hadn't seen how the characters were used. And then Stephen was like, Oh, wow, that, you know, I was thinking about that one. And Tony and I look at each other and we're like, wow, sure. like what, what makes them better? They were like, Oh, you like you wanna get victory points. I was like, Yeah, but how do we get victory points? <laughs> yeah, so to be... help us. What to, are we looking for? To be fair, Claire was also drinking heavily during this game. That made it way more
1: fun. I needed to point that out. Just because
0: So it's so it was a drinking game then? Because she No won.
1: Just Claire
2: was drinking. <laughs> no, but yeah, we were like, Oh, well how do you win? And they were Drunken like,
0: Master, drunken board game master. Yeah,
1: I am <laughs> I did tell you about- I did tell you about that about our D&D campaign though. We have a a monk fighter.
0: Who put- took the, uh, way of the Drunken Master?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Who is also a sailor.
0: Oh, that's perfect. monk fighter pirate. (laughs) Um...
1: Okay, yeah. So, above and below. Check it out. It's- it's interesting if you read the rules first. Yeah, it's probably not everyone's cup of tea, but it was but, fun. I had a good time. We should get it. Yeah,
0: it yeah sometimes games with a lot of rules, they're, you, you know that they, they flow really easy once people understand, but sometimes it's hard to know where to begin explaining. Like, yeah, that... I understand everything, but knowing where to begin is, is difficult.
1: That actually that actually is a really good way of putting it cuz I feel like well I feel like if I had like read the rules in the like rule book it it would have started at like a place that you know make the most sense
2: but they just like started explaining a million things at once like kind of randomly and not fully you know what though I also very much get the sense that it's a game that like
0: would be better the more you play it with the people mm-hmm.
2: No, I mean, just, like, if you uh, didn't have Unlike Dominion, which is really easy to like, explain to new people.
1: Yeah, to be fair, Dominion, is, like, there's three rules. Like, yeah. A, B, C. Like, it's, I mean, Yeah. yeah. explaining Dominion...
0: It's, like, buy, uh, This
1: credit our credit, like, explaining Dominion is, like, it's pretty simple. Action, yeah. buy, clean up. Like, yep. you have five cards in your hand, your deck, your discard probably becomes your deck. Like, it's, yeah. it's pretty easy.
2: I'm just saying, this isn't a game that you would want to, like, explain to new people every time you played it.
0: True. Sure. Yeah. I do, like, betra- Betrayal-esque games.
2: Yeah, where there's, like,
1: multiple endings or multiple, like, things. So, like, the re- again, the replay value is, yet. like, really high on that. Yeah. I don't know. Like, Julian Brenna and you, I guess, pointed that out to me last week, and I was like, oh, shit, like... Like kind of blew my mind
0: that I never really thought about it like that fully before. Yeah, I, it like, it is important for me too. Uh, some of some of my favorite games have really high replay value. Uh, I mean, uh, like Measure, you know, Measure: 2 Echoes doesn't have a lot of replay value, but it's still one of my favorite games because it was long enough that it didn't need replay value, I guess. Um, whereas Fire Emblem: Sacred Stones has a ton of replay value. It's kind of a shorter game. Um, but it has so much replay value that, you know, it's a lot of fun. Um, right, so and
1: like, like what I said last week about, like, long games, like, not needing replay value, is, like, by the time you're finished, you might not want to play it again right away, but when you play it again, it will feel, like, it'll still feel at least a little fresh.
0: Cause because they're, yeah, because you're starting back again so far. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. makes sense. nothing.
0: From dust um, okay, is it so, time to rant now?
1: It's time.
0: Okay, so so the way this game works is uh, we were given random topics. Um, Claire gave me a random topic, and Abby gave Anthony a random topic. Uh, my random topic is the 1948 Chicago Bears season. So... Alright, okay. The first thing you have to understand about the 1948 Chicago Bears season is that it was the worst thing to happen in their history. Because, okay, so just stick with me here.
1: Hold on, there, wait, I'm just going to stop you right, right before you begin completely. Are you going to build things into this rant to connect it to the second half?
0: Nope. Okay. I mean, there, I might, I don't know, but it okay. won't be intentional. Okay, so this season was really bad for them because even though they went 10-2, and two, um, they didn't make it into the playoffs. They didn't, they didn't make it into the playoffs for the Super Bowl. And that crushed them for the next 60 years. And the, the worst part was that their coach, George Halas, he called. He made a play. He he had them do a play that uh, in in their playbook, and that they've since released it because it's been changed. Um, in that playbook, um, it was called the Chicago two-step, and they usually use the Chicago two-step um, when they were closer to the end zone. Uh, it was really useful for you know getting getting the quarterback through, um, but they. They called he called that play when they had just gotten and they were starting starting fresh. Um, there were like seven seconds left in the game. He tells them to do the Chicago 2 step. Quarterback, who's you know leading the team at the time, his name was uh you know, Philip Pickering. So <laughs> Philip Pickering at this time was like Hey man, like we should do another play. Like we should try like the, the New York Roundhouse. Like that's that's gonna be a better that's gonna be a better move for us because we don't have a lot of time and we have to get this we have to get the ball across the field. But George Halas was drinking heavily tonight because he thought that with their current win streak, he had just kind of given up and he was he thought that they could do anything. But they ended up losing the match that would have gotten them into the playoffs. So, it, I mean, really, this season is—you know—George Hollis, You know, he went on to coach little league baseball after, after his disgrace um, in this, uh, and you know, it—it it really, it really messed up the the Bears for, for the rest of for the rest of time because then it beca- became the next coach that came in. Even though they lost that, he thought that the two-step was going to be, to move, to make. And for it became this weird tradition for them to make these really bad calls in the last few seconds of every game uh, because they, I don't know. And anyways, it's just, it's just dumb. And I mean, I love players, but this is one of the worst traditions that ever came out of, of their, their history.
1: Are you done? Yeah, that's, that's me. <laughs> You're significantly like less angry about it than I thought you would be, but given what my topic is, I don't know how angry I can, <laughs> I can pretend to be about it. <laughs> so so Abby gave me the topic, um, the, uh, the Australian Emu War, which the Australian government tried to call the emu population uh with with violent and deadly force so this was a bad this was a bad decision for multiple reasons the, the the first reason being out of all of the animals animals in australia the emu is probably one of the least dangerous creatures like emus like they're have a they have a pretty bad temperament but like when you have spiders the size of dogs and like people can't go to the beach because they're crocodiles and stingrays are killing beloved discovery channel you know presenters like you can't you, you, you can't focus on the emus so the government decides okay what's the biggest problem we have in in Australia? You know, it's not that public transportation sucks or that we're, we're crazy about laws concerning the youth or that people can't go to the beach without getting murdered by crocodiles. It's the emus. The emus are the problem. They're destroying Australia from within. So, the Australian government sent the army to go into the desert and fight emus left. yes emus live in the <laughs> desert that have decided so they send the army with the state-of-the-art weapons buy state-of-the-art weapons from america they get they get the latest technology in in extermin emu extermination they go into the desert and they forget to bring water okay I don't know why, I don't know how you can live in Australia and be part of the army and forget to bring water into the desert. But, luckily, there are cactuses. So, if you know anything about cactuses, they they brought their their weapons with them. So they all had knives, because standard issue military gear... Now
0: that's a knife.
1: ...is a dying knife, right. That's all they get. So... They, they were able to cut open the cactuses and drink the cactus juice. But, once again, if you've ever watched Avatar The Last Airbender, which is a true story, by the way, if you've ever watched Avatar The Last Airbender, the episode where they go into the desert and they drink the cactus juice, one of the characters, Sokka, gets ridiculously high, I guess, or drunk, or both, drinking the cactus juice, and... He just loses all of his all of his faculties. He goes crazy. So of course, this happened to the entire Australian army, and they were decimated by the emus. <laughs> the emus struck back with with un, unparalleled force and destroyed the Australian army. And Australia has never been the same.
0: <laughs> and that's why, to this day, you can find. Emus wielding machine guns in the Australian desert.
1: <laughs> I just, I just went off. With that. It reminds me before we, before we continue. It reminds me a bit about um, what our our theater team to do to make us audition for roles tell me a story based on a very like generic like thing or whatever. Okay. Oh, you cut out for a little bit. Ah, you're both cutting out. No. No, maybe. Okay.
0: You you both cut out for okay. oh. in
1: so. in uh in middle school when I auditioned for a courtyard and my audition, like, bit was, uh, she said, tell me about the time you robbed a bank. And I developed, like, the sort of vocal tick, uh, like, as I was telling the story. That, that's what this reminded
2: me of. I just wanted to point that out.
0: That's fun. I think Claire was saying something, too, but...
2: I was just saying that you guys messed up. You have to, you have to start, when you play this game, somebody has to say, okay, your topic is, or, like bring up something and they say don't get me started
0: oh that's right yeah it's,
2: it's the that's the world. title of the game that, w-
0: that would have helped that would have helped Obviously. don't get don't get, don't me, get started. me started okay so now we have to explain why these two topics are connected and I already have some thoughts
1: I have some thoughts as well but I'll let you I'll let you start
0: okay okay little-known fact about the, uh, the beer that George Hallis was drinking when he made his, his horrible decision. It was Australian beer.
1: Because, because George Hollis obviously, I mean, you could tell from his name, he's Australian.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crikey mate. He loves that stuff.
1: <laughs> that was the name of the beer.
0: Okay, so, so George, George Hallis. Yeah, that,
2: no, that's great. No, the beer is brewed from cactus juice.
0: <gasps> yes.
2: But they effed up this batch, and it and it got it, it was it was the hallucinogenic effects were stronger than normal.
0: Yep. So, I mean, obviously obviously, though, we, okay. So, look, I don't, I don't want to be put on a government watch list. Just for saying, but, the
1: Australian government but,
0: watch list? Yeah, the Australian government You gotta watch out for them. Okay, so... They... George Hallis was actually an emu. He was actually an emu. He was actually an emu. Actually an emu. That's That's so, the whole so thing. He, he was so a he, plant he, from the Australian government to destroy... Chicago's economy from within because Chicago was the number one source of arms dealers to the well to the Australian government however the Australian government has emus planted in it and the emus (laughs) wanted to defeat them and so 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 the emus sent George Wallace in disguise Uh. as a human George, Not
1: George Wallace, George
0: Hollis. George Hollis, George. Yeah, they sent George Hollis. I, it was Wallace at first because of like wallabies, but then they changed it to Hollis because they thought it would be too obvious. So, so George Hollis, the emu, gets sent to the United States to the Chicago Bears, and to ruin the morale of the the people of Chicago. And it was very effective. This was a long, this like little-known fact about emus. They they plan for the long game because of their long legs, That's, they're tall tight. They, That's why they're always they're always planning for the long game. So, uh, and obviously it worked. I mean, they they kept it hidden. They kept it hidden that cactus juice was hallucinogenic. Um, the the writers of Avatar knew that somehow uh, they they had studied up on the Great Emu War, um, but yeah, Emu is to this day. So you have to be careful.
2: yeah. It's like it's like whole the
1: part you're missing. Well, you're missing you're missing a key point in this in this in this conspiracy theory. The 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 part that you're missing is that. At this time at this time during the NFL so long ago that the 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 emus was a team. It was at, at this during the, at I the NFL thought of that. the NFL at this stage was was really the INFL. It was the international football league. So so the Emu's the, the Australian emus were playing the Chicago Bears. And that's so, who they, Hollis, had to, he had to throw the game so that his country could win.
0: That's Oh, I hadn't, I hadn't even thought of that
2: part of
1: it. But, makes, they, I mean, they ended up not winning the Super Bowl because the New England Patriots won because Tom Brady is an immortal vampire that deflates footballs. But that's... A, a, he, kind of he, sucks, he sucks
0: the air out of them. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so i mean if if you ever if you ever need anybody to to talk about the the 1940 chicago bears or the australian emu war and tell me how connected you know where to find us
0: <laughs> Go uh you you cut out for a second so <laughs> if you ever all right if you ever need someone to talk about these, you know where to find us. Yep. But I I like I like the new, <laughs> the new development that Tom Brady is an immortal vampire.
2: Oh, don't get me started.
0: Don't get me started about Tom Brady.
2: <laughs> no, he only drinks football oh,
0: air. Claire, Claire, Tom Brady the Immortal Vampire is your don't get me started topic. Okay.
1: Oh my God! Don't even get we me we can't we can't right now. There's not enough time left in the show. No.
2: <laughs> we do have five minutes technically. That's not enough time. Where I
0: mean, we could the next the next episode could be don't get me started for Abby and Claire. Oh,
2: no.
1: <laughs> Ideas, we're full of them. <laughs>
0: but uh. <laughs>
1: This has been uh, a very interesting on the road episode of the Doctor Z Show.
0: Doctor, <laughs> yes. Um, I, I guess I guess we can just end here. It, it feels it feels a bit weird that we're not end. I mean, the entire show was a tangent, so I feel like we should be ending on a tangent of the tangent. But
2: if- Tom Brady is the tangent.
0: Tom Brady is the tangent.
2: Tangent, Tom Barry. Tom Brady. <laughs>
0: Like, I, I, honestly, I want to... <laughs> I was imagining him in a coffin that was just, like, the New England Patriots logo. <laughs> 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 <Let me try. laughs> Rise in full uniform.
1: <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, and I don't know why I imagine this, did you, ever, did you ever read that, like, children's book, The Ink Drinker?
2: Mm-mm. Okay, so it was
1: basically, it was like this, like, version of a vampire that drank books like the, the words from books huh. like ink out of books and it I mean it, it's really like it's a children's book and it, it makes sense in, the con- in that context but um, look up look up what the ink drinker looks like and then like picture that but with Tom Brady's face and that that's what I was saying <laughs>
0: when I said Vampire Tom Brady. <laughs> okay, so the ink drinker. Alright, I'll look it up. But we should, prob- we should probably end here so that there's not any more cutting out. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
2: Wait a second, there's one last thing that made me think of, but I'm looking up because I forget what it's called. What? I'm wow. so happy
0: we got to end on a tangent.
2: No, this is a tangent off of your tangent. Yes! That's Even what better. I meant. Ah, yes. Okay, so... Of just what he said, not even anything about it, but what wow, he just okay. mentioned, made me think of this children's book that, well, supposedly a children's book. Do you, do you guys know who Edward Gorey is?
1: Yep. Uh, I That's- assume he's
2: a person. He's, he's an author. Got it. Okay. So he writes weird at, like, it's, it's Edgar Allan Poe for, children. for kids, for, like, Written as children's books, among other things. Um, and so there's this one book that my aunt sent me. I, or my uh, godmother sent me, rather. I have no idea why she sent it to me. It's called *The Doubtful Guest*. It wasn't like when I was a child, but I don't like I might have been sixteen or eighteen. Okay, not the point. Um, and it's, it's, I'm just gonna read you because I found the Wikipedia. Uh, the book begins with the sudden appearance of a strange penguin-like creature in a turn-of-the-century manor house. An aristocratic family struggles to coexist with the creature, who is by turns despondent and mischievous. By the final page, the guest has stayed for 17 years and shows no intention of going away. And it's just like, this penguin just like shows up at their house. You should like, look at the cover. This is what it looks this like.
1: Sounds like. This sounds like the plot of Untitled Goose Game, but instead of a goose, it's, it's a, a penguin. penguin. Yeah,
2: basically. You should show them that. To cover, because it's ridiculous.
1: It's just like this whole... I, I don't know how to turn it over. And out.
2: there's another Edward Gorey book where at the end of the book, <laughs> the characters just, like, go into a tunnel, and they never come out the other side, or something like that. It's like... That's horrible. Super creepy. This is, yeah,
0: horrible. this is just straight horror. Did
2: you get it? That's awful, yeah.
1: But does, on that way. terrifying <laughs> note, <laughs> um... We
0: will see you guys next time on uh, The Dr. Dr. Z Show. Adios! Thanks for listening to The Dr. Z Show. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us on Facebook or YouTube at The Dr. Z Show, through email at thedrzshow at gmail.com, or on Twitter at the Doctor Show one the one like the number.
1: And please leave a review, if possible, on whatever listening platform you use. Thank you.